Hello, and welcome to the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast. If you're wondering, what happened to the myth-busting the Pregnancy Resource Center podcast? Rest assured, you're in the right place. For various reasons, Myth-Busting the Pregnancy Resource Center now has a new name, but still has educational and inspirational content for you. I appreciate your patience with this change. You can find the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast online at theheartbeatpodcast.net. Now here is today's episode of the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast. Welcome to Myth Busting, the Pregnancy Resource Center podcast, where we'll bust some myths and tell the truth about what really happens at that Pregnancy Resource Center down the street. My name is Beth Bissonette, and I've been an executive director of a Pregnancy Resource Center for over 22 years, and I'll help you get to know your faith-based, family, pre-born baby, and women-focused pregnancy center so that you can put your pro-life belief into positive action by supporting your local PRC. Let's get into today's episode. If you know me pretty well, or if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I am pretty passionate about the work being done at pregnancy resource centers. Why is that? Two reasons. One, because I have my own personal story and I've listened to others own personal stories when it comes to the issue of abortion. The other is because I believe that abortion takes the life of an innocent, defenseless, preborn baby created in the image of God. And I also believe that abortion has huge potential to harm women who have them. I know this because I have the experience of having conversations with many women when I'm public speaking, as well as in the pregnancy center who've had an abortion and suffered the consequences of it. And that's what I want to share with you today. The pregnancy center wants to help women to choose life and to avoid the negative consequences that abortion has strong potential to bring to them. Over the last year, I've had the opportunity to do more public speaking. And in doing that, I've shared for the first time my complete story. And in doing that, I've had people say, Beth, you need to do this more. You need to share your story. And that is always very difficult to do, right? Because you're making yourself vulnerable. You're telling about yourself. I've had whispers in my ear saying, who cares about your story? And that keeps me from doing what God has asked me to do. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has asked me to share my story. And so I'm going to do a little bit of that today. Now, I'm not the only woman who has a story. And my story is different from somebody else's story. But together, all of us, when we share our stories and we allow God to heal us, and then we allow God to use us, to speak about our stories and share them with others, that promotes their ability to also receive healing. And when it comes to the issue of abortion, many people believe that abortion is the unforgivable sin. 
It is not. Granted, it's not an easy thing to talk about, especially for women and men who have abortion experiences, but it's so important to do so. In April of 2022, I heard God share one word with me, and that word was speak. That's it, nothing else, just speak. And he gave me a scripture which says, speak up for those who have no voice. And that's what my intention is. So I hope you'll bear with me as I share a little bit of my story, as some of you have asked me to do. In June of 1988, our oldest son was just turning a year old. I was at work and I received a phone call from my doctor's office. And the nurse said to me, congratulations, your pregnancy test is positive. Now, I was not happy about that. I was really struggling with depression at the time. And I honestly didn't know how I would survive having another child. I was struggling to be a good wife, to hold down a job, and to be a good mother for a one-year-old, all while dealing with depression. I panicked. I went home. I told my husband that I was going to have an abortion. And his response shocked me. Now, I knew he didn't want to have another baby any more than I did. But he said to me, I believe that abortion takes the life of a baby. I don't think that that's a good decision. I don't think that's what we should do. And I spent the following days weeping over this. Not because I was hesitating to have the abortion. I believed that abortion was a woman's right and I had every right to choose it. I was more concerned about how it would affect my relationship with my husband, not that it was going to take the life of my child. About 10 days after that positive pregnancy test, I had a spontaneous miscarriage, and I was so relieved not to be pregnant anymore, not to have to go through the physical process of having that abortion. Now, I spent 12 years working at a prenatal clinic where we provided prenatal care to low-income women who didn't have health insurance. Now, most of the time, when they got to my desk to do their intake and for me to fill out their paperwork, they had already decided that they were going to have their baby and they would just be entered into the program and go forward with prenatal care. But I remember the first woman who came and sat in the chair next to my desk. I still see her face. And she said, do you do abortions here? And I actually felt sad to have to say to her, no, we don't do abortions at this clinic and they don't do abortions at the local hospital. And she said, can you make a referral for me to have an abortion? I didn't even ask her why. I didn't ask any questions at all about her circumstances. Was somebody pressuring her to do so? Was it as the result of rape? No questions asked. I was perfectly willing to pick up the phone and send her to the abortion clinic to abort her baby and probably reap the emotional and spiritual repercussions of that decision 
maybe for the rest of her life. Now, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Not only was I not a Christian, I rejected God. Not only did I reject God, I was hostile to the gospel. I was very pro-abortion and very anti-Christian. Well, fast forward to 1998, and I received Jesus as my Savior. And my life changed, of course, forever. About 18 months after I accepted Jesus as my Savior, I interviewed for this job at what was then the Pregnancy Care Center of the White Mountains, which is now Haven Pregnancy Services. I was hired for the job of client services manager. And I remember my very first client that I saw in that position. I'll call her Susan. She was a student at the local university. Just such a lovely young woman. And as I sat and I chatted with her, she said to me that she was undecided about what she wanted to do about abortion. She didn't know if she wanted to have an abortion in order to finish school or if she wanted to have the baby. Well, her pregnancy test was positive that day. And I shared with her information about abortion procedures and risks, which is what she asked for. We chatted a while about her circumstances and about school and about her family. And she shared with me that she grew up in the Catholic church and her parents still attended the church back home where she lived. Now, this was right before Christmas break. And so I thought, aha, Catholic parents, they are going to encourage her to choose life for her baby. And so I said to her, Susan, go home, tell your parents that you're pregnant. They are going to help you to make a good decision. Well, Christmas break came and went. The kids came back to school. I picked up the phone and I called Susan. And I said, hey, Susan, this is Beth at the pregnancy center. I've been thinking about you and praying for you. How are you doing? And Susan said to me, I'm doing terrible. And I said, oh, no, what happened? And she said, I went home and I told my parents that I was pregnant. And my mom took me for an abortion. She said, now I can't eat. I can't sleep. I'm crying all the time. I'm not getting to my classes. I'm probably going to flunk out of school. I wished I had never done it. I chatted with Susan for a while and I scheduled an appointment for her to come in to talk to my executive director about post-abortion healing. She scheduled the appointment and I hung up the phone. I was devastated with her decision. This is the reality of working in a pregnancy center. We want to be able to say to you that every woman chooses life, but that just isn't the case. Sometimes they choose abortion anyway, but we always let her know that if she has an abortion and she needs to talk to somebody about it afterwards, we're still here for her. If she has other children that she has needs for, or she wants to take classes to help her be a better parent with that child, or she needs diapers and wipes, we are here for her. We are supporting women before, during, and after pregnancy. And while we don't perform abortions at pregnancy centers and we don't make referrals for them, we want to make sure 
that she knows that we are here for her, no matter what decision she makes. A couple of weeks later, I was invited to go to a luncheon put on by New Hampshire Right to Life. And there was a guest speaker that day. And the guest speaker shared a graphic video. It was just a 90 second video. And I remember after the video finished, it seemed like the longest 90 seconds ever. And when it was done, I remember saying to God, God, what have we done? What do we do every day? We do this every day. How can we do that? And then the full realization of my part in that, everything that I had just watched came flooding into me. I remembered my own desire to have an abortion. I remembered the fact that I was perfectly willing to send other women to the abortion clinic to abort their babies and probably reap the emotional and spiritual repercussions of that decision. I did that. And all I wanted to do was to fall on the floor, prostrate before God and cover my head in shame and say, God, how can you even look at me, let alone love me after what I have done? And in the following days, God did what only he can do. Jesus, as I came to him, he redeemed me and restored me and healed me. And I knew that God had me in his grip to serve him in the pro-life ministry. I can't not do this. And those people who know me well know that there have been times in the last 22 years when I've said, God, please, am I done here now? Can you release me from this ministry? I just want to go to the grocery store and bag groceries. Can I do that now? And God, time and time again, would say, no, Beth, you are where I want you to be. You are doing the work that I've given you to do. Keep going. I'm with you. I've got you. Even in the difficult times, even in the times when a woman had an abortion anyway, even in the times when we didn't have enough money to pay our bills at the pregnancy center, even in the times when I didn't have enough staff or didn't have enough board members, even in those times as I look back, God was with me every step of the way because that's who he is. That's how he does his work with us. And even on that day when Susan did not show up for that appointment that I scheduled for her to come back in and talk about post-abortion healing, she was a no-show. And I was so disappointed. But Susan did come back. And when she came back, she was not alone. She brought a friend with her from the university. And her friend needed a pregnancy test. She needed options information. Uh, She was undecided about what she wanted to do if her pregnancy test was positive. And so we met with her. Her test was positive. We shared information about abortion procedures and risks with her. 
And then she sat in the waiting room with Susan. And Susan said to her, you see what I've been going through. You see my struggle. You see, I'm crying all the time. I can't barely get out of bed, let alone get to my classes. I had an abortion during Christmas break. It was the worst decision I ever made. I wished I hadn't done it, but I can't take it back. Don't do it, Susan said to her friend. Don't do what I did. You will regret it. And her friend chose life. You see, that's how God works. The enemy wants to keep us bound up in shame and guilt for our decisions. But God wants to heal us so that he can use us in the comfort that he gives us to comfort others. That's what he does. That's what he did with Karen, who shared her abortion experience with us in a previous episode. That's what God did with Cindy, who's an executive director in Vermont, who I recently talked to about her abortion experience and how God healed her. And now she's an executive director of a pregnancy center. What the enemy means for evil, God will use for good. So why am I telling you all of this? Because we all have a story. And if your story leads you to believe that there's value in the lives of the preborn, if your story leads you to believe that abortion has a very strong potential to hurt women, and you want to put your pro-life belief into action, you can do that by getting involved with the pregnancy center. We're already here. We're already doing the work. Come and join us. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I expect you to go into your pregnancy center every week and work. That may not be possible for you. If your pregnancy center needs help once a month with stuffing envelopes or sorting through baby clothes, you can get on a volunteer list and they will call you occasionally so that you can go in and do that. If you don't have any time, but you're able to make a donation financially every month, or every quarter, or once a year, that'll take three minutes of your time to do. They'll accept donations in any amount. Working with your local pregnancy center, however you're able to do that, means that you can put your pro-life views into positive action, and that's all we're asking you to do. If you know somebody who is pro-life, who wants to put their pro-life beliefs into action, but you don't know if they have any idea about pregnancy centers and what we do, please share this podcast. Go to our website, mythbustingtheprc.com. Copy and paste it, email it to your friend, contact the pregnancy center that's closest to you, find out how they need you to get involved and share the work. Thanks so much for listening to a little bit of my story today. I hope that it encourages you. If you have a stir, if you have a story, don't stay silent, share it. Thanks again for spending time with me today. And remember, your life is 
precious.